Well, hey, thanks for tuning in. I am Pastor Cody. And I'm Pastor Matt. And as always, we are here. We just, ha- we want to. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to hand it off. <laughs> I thought you were going to do to have. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Are we going to yeah. do that again? Okay, yeah, let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Okay. Well, hey, I'm Pastor Cody. And I'm Pastor Matt. And we're here mm-hmm. to uh, to have one of those conversations, yep. aren't we? Yeah, I'm excited about this one. Rumor has it we've got a wing dinger Rumor this week. It? A wing dinger. <laughs> as you would call it. I speak boomer, allegedly. He does. Yeah. If you're watching, we're so grateful for your viewership. And if you could, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. If anybody uses the other platforms, feel free to subscribe there, too. I know, right? But, man. If you're just consuming this content <laughs> on Facebook... Uh, you know, don't take a free laugh. Like, just hit the like button. Listen, and nothing's share. free. Nothing's, nothing's free in free. this world. So, hit the comment or put a comment in there. Hit the like button. It's gonna be a wing dinger. It's gonna be a wing dinger. <laughs> there you go. And so our um, and by the way, if you're if you're watching <laughs> this or listening, uh, the notes that we reference and read from, you'll find a link to those notes in the subscription, and you'll also find a link to the message that we're talking about in the the description as well. So if you want if you want to read or listen to any of those things for more context, feel free. Um, but man, so the message that we're talking about today is called "Just What Are We Covering?" <laughs> but um, yeah, from First uh, Corinthians eleven. Yeah, that's loaded. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so there's so much there. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about this. First of all, I have to address the elephant in the room. Um, so Cody hurt his Is back. Is it that bad? It's that bad. <laughs> he's all. <laughs> if so I'm a little hunched over, it's we're it's gonna abnormal. Have a conversation. No, he's doing better. So, but yeah, better-ish. Please uh, pray for Pastor Cody. He was hanging BBS decorations and strained his trapezius <coughs> or something. So yeah, yeah, something some long word like yeah, that. He can he can he has like limited neck function. Anyway, yep. so yeah, I've got about a thirty degree window here. <laughs> this is about all I could do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I'm just grateful for any kind of movement at all. Yeah. So this this passage, it's incredible. It's really and and honestly, to <laughs> to the credit of your shirt, uh, the the layman Naked and the Bible. scholar. Yeah. Can't see it because of the mic stand. That's okay. Yeah. He's wearing his uh, fanboy T-shirt for the Naked Bible podcast. Yeah. So, so hashtag get naked. <laughs> so listening to that podcast, uh, reading his books has really, uh, Doctor Heiser has really you know illuminated my path i know cody's and really just uh shared some perspective so when when we were getting to first corinthians 11 um you know i knew like we had listened to this podcast a long time ago mm-hmm. and kind of unearthed it and and i was like you know what before i just run in and take this uh, take the dr heiser approach to this passage of scripture even though i think that would be a safe thing to do um but before i do that i'm going to still continue and do my regular routine of sermon prep and it was funny like digging in in the same commentaries i've been using this this whole you know this whole time this whole series um i think it's it's taylor the one i was reading but m taylor uh yeah so like he pays homage to it you know but he says uh modern day scholars (laughs) have this perspective (laughs) they've made this attempt right uh but what i find is interesting is when you listen to the naked bible podcast and do the research or listen to the research that they've done there's been biblical journals on Tert- Tertullian, like mm-hmm. an early church father that believed the same thing. Mm-hmm. So what we're, I think we need to reiterate the fact that, and I said it Sunday, you know, you're going to hear some things 
uh, in this message that are new to you, new concepts. Um, you know, and I encourage all of you to listen to the podcast. Uh, we, we pasted it in the program, uh, in the sermon notes. Um, so I hope you have listened to that and, and gone back and kind of gone over that. But um, nonetheless, it was this comment of like, hey, this is probably going to be a new concept. But within the new concept is ancient literature. Yep. Right. It's new, but it's not new at all. Early church fathers that had this perspective. And uh, so anyway, I think it's just important for us to say that, like, as we talk about this conversation, it's not just, oh, well, we heard this new podcast and this has been the thing that we're on all the time and blah, blah, blah. Yes, (laughs) but there is uh, substantial evidence uh, and the, this, the concepts, the, the foundation of this message, of, of this passage, you know, there's a lot of work that has been done in lifting to heavy lifting uh, to bring this perspective to you. Not mine, people that are so much smarter than I am, uh, especially in this area. Um, and I just have the benefits of reading and enjoying their work. Thank goodness there's people out there smarter than us know, that are man. doing the heavy lifting scholarship. And honestly, like this, I- it's one thing if, you know, this is like a minority represented view, but like Hippocrates of all people, if you read the notes and you listen to the message, you know, he's literally the father of modern medicine. That's right. And if there was ever a credible source for what did somebody from their time believe about medicine, it's Hippocrates. That's right. It, yep. You know, that's, I think that's all that needs to be said on that. Yep. Um, so kind of moving through here. So <laughs> my notes up. I guess we can talk about if you want, just, I guess, maybe what our traditional interpretation of the head covering would be. Like, how would you normally, without access to this information, which, by the way, how crazy, like, if you, <laughs> five years ago. Oh, my god! If you were to look forward and see that you were preaching about the watchers. Oh, the head, I know. <laughs> the head covering being <laughs> what we know it is now. Like, yeah. How, how hard would you slap yourself? Well, and I think that's a good point to talk about, right, in this conversation is... You know, we have to give ourselves grace. Mm-hmm. We we really do. I go back and I listen to some of the first messages. I think I started in the book of Acts. Yep. Um, and I'm going to say some things in two weeks that will, you know, Blow largely what you said contradict <laughs> what I said four years ago. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I, I had an understanding, you know, when I first started preaching and, uh, you know, especially in the Bethlehem era, not before that, but in the Bethlehem era, it was, hey, this is my perspective. This is where the Lord has led me. And, you know, th- and, and I had already begun to change on a lot of things at that point. Um, scripture interpretation and, and like the context, I hadn't gotten to where I am now. And I'm sure in another 10 years, I'll be in a completely, you know, in a better place, you know. But I'll say this, um, you know, we, we have to give ourselves grace and understanding. I, I remember where I was going. The, the idea that while I was preaching on Acts in that perspective that I had, which was a very narrow one, uh, I knew that there are Christian churches all over our nation, all over the world that would preach that passage differently. So, you know, I don't know that it's a level of compromise as much as it is, um, you know, for me just being led to a different place. Yeah. You know, and I think that um, there, there's a line here, like there's clearly a line. I believe that some churches that have a certain perspective, that their perspective is the only and right perspective, that's where you have a problem. And that's where maybe the the line needs to be drawn and said, well, that's an unhealthy perspective. That pastor is taking what they would call a stand, um, but what I would call is it's control. 
because clearly if you're reading and studying and and doing your due diligence and research for a message you're going to see that there are differing opinions from good good godly men and women um, and so rather than say I'm right and they're wrong, I'm going to say this is where the Lord's led me. This is my perspective on it. And I'm sure that, you know, they have um, done their work and their due diligence and that the Lord is working through what they're saying. And that on on that scope of what that looks like, people are being reached. People are being helped. And someone might need this flavor over here more than this flavor over here. But all of those flavors are ice cream, and they're going to um, facilitate that desire for having ice cream. You know, yeah. it's not like they're feeding them dog food. Um, so to act like it's dog food when they're all just different flavors of ice cream um, is, is, I believe, where the line should be drawn today. So if you're in a church that the pastor is the only right person on the planet, then you should probably pick a different church. Yeah, that's my that's kind of where I'm where I would say there's my line. Prayerfully, your pastor would be able to say, um, you know, there's there's more room here. Now, what I'm not saying um, is if something is maybe what we would call a tier one theological issue like the virgin birth, um, you know, there's not there's no movement on that. You know, that's a, a tier one. This is an, a black and white issue. But most of these things that we're talking about and fighting and arguing and bickering over, which we're not doing that anymore, but, you know, if we <laughs> were There's to, no fighting here. Yeah, if we were to debate these things, uh, we would hold them loosely. Mm-hmm. We would hold them loosely. And we would say, well, this is just kind of where we're at, and, you know, we'll see where the Lord leads us. Um, but I would say, like, the big one we always talk about is eschatology. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point where people, they have to have their structure of, of you know, how the end times plays out and it has to be this certain way, you know, no, not at all. It doesn't. And that doesn't, that does not affect at all who Jesus is. Um, you know, despite what some may say, you mean you don't believe what Tim LaHaye says? That's just kind of, kind of wild to me. Right. (laughs) I do actually, but, (laughs) but I haven't publicly changed that, you know, it hasn't come out yet, but I think we'll do a, I think we'll go through the book of revelation next. What do you think? Hey, look, we'll After put a sign out front and we'll get some traffic in here. It's <laughs> hilarious. Oh, that was good. Yeah, it, it's just, you know, and I'm trying what we're doing through this conversation really is trying to invite invite you all into the stuff we talk about and the perspective that we have, you know, and, and <laughs> nine times out of 10, what we're saying is, man, we have no clue. Like this is like, yeah, we don't share all of it, but. What we're saying is like, this is, this is scary. You know, this is like uncharted territory. And then, you know, you see other churches and other pastors where it's like, you know, there's nothing scary about what they're doing. They've got it all figured out and they know exactly what the Bible says. And I'm just like, and they sell books called prophecy made simple. (laughs) Yeah, it's the truth. It is the truth. So if anything, you know, us, you know, me preaching this perspective, I am the pastor and I am the lead pastor at that. You know, I have to come to some sort of, uh, you know, some some sort of interpretation of scripture that I believe is faithful. And I'm going to stand up in the pulpit and I'm and if you've heard my preaching, uh, you know, I, I'm not w- what some would call wishy washy, you know, in a lot of ways. Like I'm fairly direct, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't want you to 
confuse, you know, me being direct and confident where the Lord has led me to me saying that I'm right on everything. I have, I could be wrong about everything, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and and you get what I'm saying. Perfectly not. Yeah. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, you know, so this is a perspective on it. I believe at this point it's the right one. Um, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a funny, practical, ha ha moment with Mm -hmm. the, with this passage where you're like, Oh man, we were overthinking that a lot. We were really overthinking that passage. We were spiritualizing something that absolutely didn't need to be spiritualized. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, but it's just it should come with this type of conversation where we are okay with different people. I talked to a man yesterday. I invited him to our church. I hope he comes. Um, but um, you know, in in my other business, I meet people all the time, and you know, I'm always inviting folks to come. And he's actually in seminary, and oh, no looking way. looking for a church to plug into. And it's just a wonderful man, wonderful family. And I'm like, look, you moved to Rosedale, and you're so close. You're like, he's like 12 minutes from here. Yep, you know, about my commute. Yeah, I, I said that to him. I was like, hey, our family pastor literally lives. I live in Rosedale. Well, you live like right around the corner. From oh, no way. That's why you saw me yesterday. Oh, yeah. man. So anyway, but it was it was just funny, you know, and I, and, I, and I was like, look, you know, I really I would love for you to come, you know, and I know that he would bring different theological perspectives mm-hmm. coming from the background, you know, that and in times past that would have been a bad thing. But, but now it's, it's not, good. It's really not. And I'm and I'm actually shocked at how well our church is congealing. Is that the right word? Yeah, I'd um, say, I'd and, say that's and, correct. And coming together from different backgrounds, you know, folks that uh, we, we've had very open conversation in regard specifically to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that has been a, you know, a huge thing for us to kind of like work through. And, you know, we, none of us have figured it out. I would say Sunday we had a very spirit filled service. Um, you know, I think the Holy Spirit is moving and maybe for some people it was a little bit much, um, you know, but it, it's just, it's one, uh, illustration of what the Lord is doing and how he's bringing us together. So as we take these different, you know, perspectives and stances on this, you know, what we're not doing, and, and I, I should say this too, we very much enjoy humor. Um, a lot. Very and, much so, if you haven't caught that. Yeah, we're very sarcastic, and so I don't want to be a stumbling block to you, and I know this is going out to people and Facebook and whatever, you know. All seven of you who watch. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but as as you listen in on our conversation, you know, please don't take our humor and, you know, maybe even some of our, our things that we would say uh, that would seem, uh, I don't know, uh, unfair, not unfair, but kind of like where we're um, just rude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we really do appreciate and love other perspectives. Um, but I also believe and this is like the flip side of it, that we should be able to laugh at stuff. Yeah, like we should be able to make time. fun of things and laugh at things, and I, and I feel like our culture can't do that anymore, you know. So if that offends you, sorry, I'm not going to be all things to you on that. Like, <laughs> sorry, yeah, we need to like push back a little bit on the culture in that in that regard, so that we can be all things to all people, you mm-hmm. know. At some point, oh, you know, we want to be all things to all people, so we're gonna appeal and 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 like give everyone exactly what they want well that that doesn't really work you know what i mean it doesn't you have to push back in some areas it's just a natural cause and effect yeah so that was a long a a long way around that's a long way of saying if this offends you or if you disagree you can log off (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
So anyway, so, now, so tra- traditionally, I feel like we would view, and I think you held this view for a long time, like women should have long hair, yep, you know, and they should have that because that's what Paul said, and that's what the Bible says, and that's the that's it, that's the be all end all. The Bible is what it is; it doesn't change, and it is not affected by cultural norms and not cultural norms. Yeah, and to make the shift to where we're like, oh, okay, Paul is uh, basically Paul's view on this, you know, is that. <laughs> A woman's hair is part of her reproductive mm. system. Uh, maybe That's I jumped good. the shark a little bit. Maybe we should have uh, done some, a little bit more background on that. But I- if you if you listen to the message, I you'll get it. I think we will. I think, yeah. w- I think it w- we will kind of like talk about those things. We'll kind of, yeah, we'll circle back some on that. To we'll quote the uh, press secretary, circle back. <laughs> um, <laughs> no offense, Jen Saki, You just kind of do a bad job. <laughs> Did um, you see her pitch? No. No, I think she just threw a, p- a pitch out. Was it bad? Was Washington. it as bad as Fauci's pitch? <laughs> uh, no, it was much better than his. Yeah. Not surprised at all. <laughs> that guy. Um, they should have just like put a, like a. Like they should have just gave on him someone else, and someone else should have done <laughs> a it. A Fauci mask. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I mean, one. they could have sent him out in an astronaut outfit that didn't have a, you know, and they would have been like, "Oh, it's COVID safe." That's <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think so. I-, I think it would be helpful to talk about like where we would come from on this passage before. But I mean, if you're if you've read it or reading along, we're First Corinthians eleven, verse two through sixteen, specifically this passage of head covering, and Paul is dealing with headship, but. Uh, if I were to have approached this message, you know, 10 years ago, excuse me, and, you know, I'm, I'm preaching this message to a different, a different church, a different clientele, if you will, one that is more uh, fundamentalist in nature, mm-hmm. what we would do is lean into the modesty piece heavy, right? And so one thing that I would say, w- one thing that that hurts is that you're missing the the greater issue in the passage and and i know and and i know this is such a fine line and many that will listen to this that would say no that contradicts because what we what we do in our modesty with the long hair with our appearance um really is what seals the deal on that it's really what we cling to to give us our identity and unfortunately having come out of that you really can't see it until after you're out of it mm-hmm. until after you've come through and you realize that what you were doing is leaning into those things as a crutch and really missing the boat altogether with, with what your role is. And, and ultimately a woman could be dressing a certain way and in that environment fulfilling her role, but she's actually not fulfilling her role. And so it's it really is it's it's a fine line where we have to say okay if we make it all about modesty we're really cheapening what Paul is saying yeah if we're making it all about dress code uh, because there's clearly something more that that he's that he's getting to hundred percent if that makes sense it does and I think that you know for all of us we hear these black and white statements all the time well First Corinthians eleven is really about like well you could go through that and you could preach about headship. And never touch on this at all. You could preach about the watchers and never touch on headship. You could preach about Paul's use of modern medicine and never touch on headship. Right. Or the other. Um, to say that it's all about one thing when you're reading and skimming, like when you're preaching exegetically, like you can't – I mean, I guess you you kind of could, but it's not, it's not really the, the intention. But you can't hit everything. Mm-hmm. You have to go – where the spirit leads mm-hmm. and you, you know, you just have to trust that, you know, <laughs> you'll circle back around at some point for the other stuff. Right. If right. that makes sense. 
but there's so there's there is a lot going on here. There is with and, what Paul's saying, and I just think that you know to stake your claim on the fact that this is a, a modesty issue, mm-hmm. and to walk away. And here's why. Here, here's why once again, and this is where I'm a little bit more direct. Here's why I think it's wrong, um, because they viewed hair completely differently. Yep that that is the hinge pin to saying that walking away with a list of things that a woman does and wears is the answer from this passage. It it it's clearly not. misses the point because today with the knowledge with the understanding um that we have medically they would write this differently oh 100 percent. it would look way different absolutely convinced of that you know because in the end if you look at verse 16 he says judge for yourselves if you should pray to the lord you know what i mean like even in that and i gave multiple illustrations of like you know, at the end of the message, when it comes to this modesty issue, I believe in modesty. I absolutely believe in modesty. You know, what I don't want you to do is is listen to that message and listen to this podcast and say, well, he just thinks a woman can do whatever she wants. That's not that's not the issue. That's and not I, what we're coming from. And I don't think a man can do that either. Right. So, uh, but I, I want to say, like, we have to find the crux of the matter um, the point of the passage and then work from there. And if the point is that he's saying, don't have your reproductive parts, uh, hanging out during your worship, that's an entirely different that's a argument, way different conversation than women should have long hair and men should have short hair to identify them as the right gender. Like it's, it's just not, <laughs> you ever see the bathroom sign? One's got a skirt. One doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it just shows how silly we can be sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, to say, all right, we figured it out. Women, you have long hair. Men, you have short hair. And then what happens? We're still missing an entire generation. Yeah. We still are missing genuine masculinity. Y- you know what I mean? Like it's there's so much more for me to teach my son than just have short hair. Yeah. In, in fact, that's not at all what I'm teaching him. You know what I mean? Like, in fact, what I'm teaching him, he could be masculine and do what I'm teaching him with long hair. Mm-hmm. It, it could happen. Yeah. I'm not saying it will. It's clearly not my, I tried to grow my hair out like six months ago. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. Dude, it was <laughs> awful. Yeah, it was so bad. Uh, it's so hard to manage. Shout out to you women for doing that. Yeah, man. It's just it's difficult. Yeah, man. See what I did there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think what's, d- and I, you read this and when you, you know, when you read when Paul says, you know, doesn't nature itself teach you that it's a shame for, for men to have long hair? And I've always read that up until kind of hearing this perspective. And I'm like, why, though? Like, does it? Like, I don't, I don't really know. I don't understand, you know. But I guess it's right because it's what Paul said. Yeah. And now this is like, oh, this, this makes doesn't total sense. biology, doesn't the <coughs> physiology, doesn't the exactly. way your body works and then when you And like, then when you ah. read how they view women's hair as a, you know, essentially as the same as a, you know, it's a, the equivalent of a male reproductive organ. Then you look at it from like, oh, Paul's saying, don't let your junk hang out during a prayer meeting. <laughs> and that's like, oh, yeah, who wouldn't agree with that? Yeah. You know, and then you start to think about <laughs> these deep issues in the Corinthian church. Of how they were just so super comfortable with that. Yeah. Apparently. Absolutely. You know? Allegedly. <coughs> Allegedly. Well, and you go back a few chapters and you see the sexual sin that, that was uh-huh. in the midst that everyone knew was going on. It was public, right? Yeah. It was this public, crazy sexual sin that was going on. So, of course, this would be an issue, you mm-hmm. know? And so, I just think that looking at it through the context and through the lens, it 
you have to just get your mind out of this place of compromise of thinking if it's not this way then it's wrong you, you have to take your mind out of that place yeah and objectively look at the scripture and go what is he saying and what is he not saying is he giving me specific pr- principles of how to dress today is he telling me how to buy my clothes off the rack at the mall or at the target no not at all that's not at all what he's saying you know so you can't take these things you know tit for tat and say i'm they have to have their hair covered i have to have my hair covered they had long hair i have to have long hair that's not at all what we're what we should be doing with this passage or else you would then be saying they believed that uh, a woman's hair is um an agent in bringing up reproductive fluid in her body so that she can grow a baby so therefore i'm going to believe that my hair is hollow and draws up reproductive fluid into my body so that i can can have a baby yeah. that would be ri- that would be ridiculous yeah it it's would be the ridiculous. same th- it's it's as ridiculous as being a flat earther because it's the same. Yeah. It's the same. We take biblical cosmology from an ancient world and we're like, oh, well, they said that. So that must be true. So the they believed flat. it was flat. They believed it was flat. A hundred percent. You know, and so it's the same like that logic train will lead you to becoming, you know, Alex Jones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Alex Jones. Yeah. Some to, a degree, yeah. to a degree. Yeah. To a degree. It's interesting, though. It's like the view that they had of the earth. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's a flat earth. There's like a portal into heaven. Right. Yep. There's the earth has a navel that runs all the way through. <laughs> like it's it's wild stuff. Yeah, and, and then essentially the underworld, that's where everybody went. Mm-hmm. So yep. I, I think even their view of hell is would would have been different mm-hmm. than what we would Yeah. And that's a different conversation. Yeah, the underworld in biblical thought was very different than I think we've been presented. But that's a conversation uh-huh. for a different day. <laughs> right. A hundred percent. So but what we do is we like try to keep and this is where I think we fall apart. We try to keep the Bible relevant mm-hmm. in this way that's palatable to everyone uh, around us. And so we, we make the Bible out to believing that these guys knew that the earth was round and they knew that <laughs> the circle of the earth. Yeah, whatever. Always the proof text. Yeah, the proof text. Like, you know, circles are flat. <laughs> <laughs> Just take it and go like that. Right. Like, circles are flat, bro. <laughs> that, that, yeah. yeah. So it, it's just that's and this is obviously delving into like biblical interpretation. But, you know, that that's a, that's a challenge. You know, we as Christians in our witness, we, we need to understand what we should and shouldn't be defending. Right. We don't need to be defending modern science with the Bible. You know what I mean? No. It, with these guys who why are we expecting them to have all of the information that we have today? It's really unfair. It's, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, you know, from that perspective, there's a, and we said this on Sunday, there's a truth. There is, you know, like Jesus is revealing himself in that generation, in, in and with those apostles and what they understood about him, right? And he was, and he revealed himself to those people so that mm-hmm. they understood it. Yep. He spoke to uh, Paul and Paul's ways, Moses and Moses ways. And yeah. the line from the blue parakeet, I don't know if you. I'm uh yeah yeah I think I've yeah. gotten that he far. he says that a couple times but it's just interesting Scott perspective Scott, Scott McKnight, McKnight yeah yeah love that guy enjoying his book right now on the blue parakeet yeah and I think what's you know and as we're having this conversation you may be thinking to yourself like well if that's if that's not how biology works and that's what the Bible says is the Bible really true and I would say yes but not in the way that you would traditionally think 
Yes, because Paul is using these things to make a point. Mm. He's using these things to communicate a truth to you that you, in a way that you will understand, or at least his, his original audience would understand. That's right. So to get that point, we have to understand what this would have meant to its original audience. Yeah. And the flaw behind, and I think that we grew up <coughs> and, you know, we compare scripture with scripture. Right. And the only thing needed to interpret scripture rightly is scripture itself. Mm-hmm. which is true to a degree. I think that it's healthy to do that, but <clears throat> we can't get, you know, first century medical practice information from, from scripture. We just can't, we have to, we have to understand the world that produced scripture to better understand scripture itself. Right. Which is where we're at. So what is the truth that Paul's communicating by this? If it's not about biology or it's, or if it's not about modesty, because I don't really think it's about either of those things. I think that there, like you said, there is <coughs> that in there's there. There's an element of it, for sure. But what's he really getting at? You know? I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> well, I think that... <coughs> you okay? Sorry, I had bad coffee this morning. It's stuck in my throat. Mine's and I can't move good. my neck, so there's that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think what he's... Quasi what he's over here. <laughs> um, I think what he's really getting at here... Is is Paul is saying? Well, number one, I thought you're gonna just read it right from my outline. <laughs> here's what Paul I think, is not saying. Here's no. what I think. What Pastor Matt thinks Paul is saying. <laughs> um, you know, number one, like worship is not a place for you. Like it's not. And you think about the contrast. Paul's already drawn many contrasts between pagan worship mm-hmm. and Christian worship. These two right. worlds do not intersect. Right. They are not the same. These are not the same as the. You know, what you would do at the Temple of Artemis. Mm. Don't let your junk hang out like you do there and other things. But (laughs) and what you would do with said junk at these things. Um, And if you listen to that podcast, I mean, it literally the Parabolion. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a it is like a direct quote from I forget who the author was, um, you know, just a oh goodness gracious. One of the one of the Greek authors of Mm -hmm. a Greek poet, rather. I think it was a Greek poet. You know, using the same Greek word parabolion that is covering the woman's covering mm-hmm. is males. You it's know, the same word used for you know during adolescence that descends. You know, yep. that the male genitalia that descends. It is that is literally what they're thinking. The same Greek word. You know, several times. You know, and listen to the podcast, and we'll keep it PG here. But uh, they explain more on that podcast to say you know that. You know, the, the woman's hair is the the that's the woman's the male equivalent would be the genitalia uh, that, that comes during adolescence. So like literally this is what we're talking about. This is what they had in mind, you know. And so what Cody is saying in terms of like that that pagan worship that happens over there, that type of um, exposure, that type of immorality. That's mm-hmm. what we, that's not what we want. Not here. welcome in the church. Right. It's not. Mm hmm. Yeah, so he's, you know, he hits it from that angle. And then headship, I do think, is a major theme in the passage. Big time. And you can you can speak to that. But I think where you kind of really brought it down on a super practical level in your message um, is, you know, you basically said, listen, we <laughs> in the 21st century or, or so we so we think we're smarter than them. Like we're smarter than those who had, you know, medicine in the first century or the how years leading prior to that. We're smarter than they are. But. Where has that actually gotten us? Nowhere. Like, we're, we're confused. Yep. Like, we have a growing number of people in our culture who can't decide if they're male or female. That's right. Or who don't, who were born a female and think they should have been a male or vice versa. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're messing with this created order that God made. That's right. And I think that's an angle that Paul's kind of hitting it from, too, is that, listen, there is a created order, and we need to 
abide by that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, this, this idea of masculinity, femininity, you know, the feminist movement was doing the opposite. The feminist movement was Mm -hmm. trying to, um, blur the line saying that a female could be masculine and that's okay. Right. And what we're doing is saying what Paul is trying to say here is that you will be most fulfilled and you will have what you need. The Lord will give you the, you know, what you're missing on the inside. The Lord will give that to you as you fulfill the created order that he designed you to fulfill mm-hmm. and to be placed in. And so, what you know, my big point to the church on Sunday was, like, look, we have a culture that's struggling with the same exact thing that they were struggling with back then. And, and just like Cody said, <laughs> knowledge, technology, money, finances— it hasn't made it any better. It hasn't. So we, as the church, have to say, like, listen, you know, male and female, that's what God created. That's what we're going to stick to. That's where we are going to live. That's where we are going to operate in. We're going to do life as men and women. And then we're going uh, we're gonna to go to Ephesians 5, and we're going to look at that construct, and we're going to say, this is how a man should treat a woman, and this is how a, a lady should Uh, submit and follow a man and this has nothing to do with greater than or less than right paul blows that apart in verse 11 in the passage Mm -hmm. he was way ahead of his time in an era when when women were lesser than so that's what that's what i think we should not miss we're arguing over whether or not the science was right in the bible or whether or not they believed in you know a six thousand year young earth or older we're arguing over sciences right those are dumb things those are men trying to wrap their heads around uh you know understanding our cosmos that the lord created right what is there is the truth that we are all created in god's image what is there is that men and women are equal in that that is what is revolutionary that is what is incredible and that's what we can take and grab hold of uh, the biology, the science of it, uh, of course, it hasn't changed uh, in terms of like still men and women, but their understanding of it has changed vastly. Yeah. And it hasn't improved the, the situation. We still have men and women uh, seeking other genders and changing and, and right. you know, and so my point is, is the answer isn't forcing men and women into a mold of how to be a man and a woman. It's saying the Lord made you that way. The Lord has a purpose for you in that. The Lord wants you to fulfill that purpose. And when you do that, you're going to have joy. You're going to have love. You're going to have worth. You're going to have. So we're pushing this idea of self-love. Like when you're loved by God and you understand that when you're known by him, then you can know yourself. Then you can explore what God has for you. Um, but and I, it's anyway, I, I, know I think I'm a lot of times we view that though in reverse that like, I'll get, it's like, I'll get myself straight. And then one of these days after I get myself straight, I'll come to church. Couldn't be any, couldn't be any more truth. backwards. Yep. And I said, I think this kind of falls in, into the discussion, but I said last week when I was preaching, um, you know, we want Eden, but we want to do it our way. We don't want, <laughs> mm. you know, we want perfection. We want utopia but we get dystopia because yeah. we we're trying to do it our way. That's right. And we're seeking fulfillment or I, when I say we uh, others in our generation are seeking fulfillment and, and purpose by changing their biological identity mm. instead of resting in a created order mm. and, and functioning in a way that God made you 
to function, yeah. you know, and we're, we're reversing it and we're trying to, we, we feel like these, these things that we're doing are going to get us to the same end destination, which is just not true. Yeah. And if you listen to Sunday's message and you're listening to this conversation and you're pulling up short and you're just like, I'm not quite connecting the dots. Uh, do you mind if I just kind of like throw a little, an ending on that, so to speak? Yeah, go ahead. I think that it probably ties in. Okay. With what you're going to say. Yeah, well, I just I thought it was good that what you said that the church needs to do better yeah. with this. The church needs to do better, That's but right. that doesn't mean that we like we approve of it. It just means that we accept people as they are, right? But without encouraging them to do what we know is the wrong thing to do, right? You know, yeah, and and I think here here's where the tension lies, and and the Bible points this out. The Book of Romans points this out in in the in the most plain and simple way. I understand that there are people that do not feel the way that that they were designed or made to feel, right? I understand that they're that and prayerfully folks will listen and watch this podcast or, or the message I preached on Sunday, and they will go, that's not true. The Lord didn't make me in the way that I'm feeling or in the way that I want or my sexual preference is different than the way the Lord made me. You know, the element that is missing from the conversation is that we are all sinners, Mm -hmm. is that we are all in a struggle for right. We are in a struggle for God's original intent. God didn't make us to struggle. God didn't design us and create this whole thing uh, for you to have that conflict in your heart. Um, So really, it's sin. And if we can call it what it is. The, the missing of the mark, that, that emptiness that you feel where your soul is not connecting with your biological makeup, if the church can do better at saying, like, okay, it is the fact that sin is in the world. And it is the fact. So it's not going to do any good by me telling you you don't feel that way. That's not who you are. No, absolutely. You are feeling contrary to how the Lord made you. And absolutely, you can struggle with these things. Because sin exists in the world. And there's an answer to that sin. That sin that you're feeling, that sin that you're struggling with, Paul even put it this way, the sin that you're so easily beset by. In other words, it, it overtakes you over and over, and it feels like it wasn't even a contest. Like, we all struggle with that, but there's an answer for that sin. There's an answer for the problem. There's an answer. So, if you turn from, if you turn towards the problem and you say, well, that's just who I am, what you're doing is you're redefining that created order. You're saying, no, I'm going to be this way. And you'll never experience the peace of God because God, number one, he's, he's not the author of confusion, but you can't, the Bible says you can't serve two masters. If you submit to the Lord in the way that he designed and wants it to be, then he blesses that with fruit. He blesses that. When you declare loyalty to God, he blesses that with his Holy Spirit. He leads you. He guides you. The, the fix is, is just beyond, right, that feeling. And, and, uh, but when we give in to that sin nature, when we give in to the problem, we're giving in to something that will never allow us fulfillment. We're giving in to something that will never give us contentment. We're giving in to something that will only take more from us. And so this thing of sin, we have to identify it. And if you are in this, like I said, if you're in this place where you're like, man, I just, I don't, I can't get there. I, you know, I feel this way. It is what it is, no matter what. 
I would just encourage you to see that what we're not saying is that you don't feel that way, but we are saying that there's an answer for that feeling. Yeah. And, and his name is Jesus. And, and what Jesus did is he died to pay for all of those things. Everything that makes you feel like you're not a part of that created order, everything that raises itself against the nature of how God created things, Jesus, he has already paid for those things. He has already paid that price, if you will, and he wants he wants to help you. He wants mm -hmm. to come into this fight with you and, and do this thing together, but he can't do it when you look at him and you say, no, that's not how it's going to be. Right. That's, He's made a way of escape. He, he has, yeah. which was <laughs> last week's, you know? Yeah. It's amazing the way this whole letter fits together. Yeah, but and I say this to the youth group all the time. Like, God wants to work, but like we have to allow him to do that yeah like we have to put ourselves in a place where we are submissive and i think that's what's missed a lot of times in modern christianity is lordship mm. like he is lord not, not to be like john MacArthur, um <laughs> but love that guy but <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> anyway <laughs> i love um, that guy anyway. but <laughs> Um, you know, we have to, he has to be Lord of our lives. And if we don't allow him to do that, he's not going to work and we're not going to, to be in a better place. We're not going to align more with created order. If we do not bow to the God who created said order, That's we just, right. we just won't. We have to declare that loyalty. Yep. And and I think that Romans puts it so simply on, on so many different levels, like how we do Romans that. Romans 3.23. <laughs> <laughs> First, right. understand that. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's true. <laughs> right. it, it is the best. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's an incredible literary work, the best of its mm -hmm. time, you know, that, that really just shows us a, the plan, the path that the Lord has. And so this is Paul. That's Paul's mind yep. coming out in this letter going, you can't just act this sort of way you can't just create your own path mm -hmm. like the lord has a path for you to get out of your mess yeah you know and so we, we just we have a world full of people that are constantly redefining constantly saying they have what it takes to fix it and we're not getting any better right the fix is the gospel the good news that there is good there for us if we will just put our faith and trust in jesus jesus is the answer and it is simply Jesus, you know, but we cannot redefine that and continue to redefine. And if you're a, if you're in church work, like stop accepting people's redefinitions right. for all of these things. Because it's not helpful. It's not. And, and just say, look, the simplicity of the gospel and the truth of the gospel is what this world needs more than anything. More than anything. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Mm. Mm. I think that puts a bow on it pretty nicely. Well, it w this was a fun passage. I'm just looking yeah. back through some of the some of the things, some of the statements. Um, it was just a lot of fun. It really was. Yeah, I enjoyed preaching it. And to give you some more context, if you're still not quite connecting the dots, um, there is a link to the podcast episode that we've been referencing in the notes of the uh, the sermon notes, <laughs> the notes of the notes. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, they're in there. So click that hyperlink. It'll take you to it. Listen to it. Uh, listen to the message for a more, uh, I guess, a, a full-orbed view of what we're talking about. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this is a really good, really good companion, a good sidecar for that. I think Dude, so. huge miss on the podcast name, Sidecar. Sidecar. That's oh, great. We're changing it right yep. now. Next week, tune into the Sidecar. <laughs> <laughs> I think, too, it, maybe you're a friend or someone in another state or another ministry. If you listen to this and you're like, what the heck? Uh, the Naked Bible Podcast? Like, what is this link? 
do yourself a favor and listen to it. Yeah. Dig in, jump in. Um, you know, you will feel, you'll be angry at first. You, you will be <laughs> yeah. angry. You'll be like, where has this been all my life? But it's been fantastic. I saw a pastor, um, Josh Tice posted it mm-hmm. in idea, uh, the idea network, um, which I'm not in there often on Facebook, but when I, <laughs> when I do open it or whatever and see it, uh, he posts things in there and he posted that he just picked up the unseen realm ah. and he was like, what do people think about this? I was like, yes. And then goes straight to reversing her mind, you know? Yep. Uh, but it's, I just feel like his stuff's starting to, s- to circulate a it's little bit. I, I feel like every time camps. Yeah. I feel like every time I've referred somebody to it, it's like a, it's like a forest fire. It's just like they refer it, they refer it and it's, it's good stuff. It's amazing. It's good stuff. Yeah, it really is. And but the, the, the best part about it is it's not like none of it's a new thing. <laughs> you know, it's not new theology. It's just stuff that we miss because right. we either don't want to see it or we just haven't really had uh, the framework to see it. I think that's that's the best word is framework. Well, I think he says it on the podcast often. It's there are things that scholars talk about that don't trickle down to the church. They never trickle down, and yeah. we need more trickle down. Mm-hmm. That's we what we need, need. More trickle down economics, friend. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> anyway. Oh, jeez. Well, well, this has been great. This has been great. Well, hey, yeah. thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. We hope this is a blessing to you, these conversations. Yeah. Uh, we have fun doing them. Please feel free to share yeah. uh, with your friends, your family, your children, your pastor, whoever, unless it, unless and he's your, your pastor, children, in which case he already... And your children. <laughs> just let the favor go. Yep. Just let just it... Just pay it forward. You know what you need to do is just send it. <laughs> send it. Hashtag full send. Full send. Yeah. Honestly, we we love you and and we thank you for hanging out with us. We're grateful. The three of you. Yep. We'll see you next week. God bless. Do less. (laughs) 